Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message. talking about your thoughts, and we've been talking about how your life follows your thoughts, and where your thoughts are, there you're going to go. And so I would just want to re- uh, go back to recap a little bit about where we talked about two weeks ago. You cannot defeat what you cannot define. You cannot defeat what you cannot define. You have to identify the problem, and once you identify the problem or the situation in your mind or thoughts, you have to attack it. You have to define it, and then you have to go after it. You know what? Many times what happens is you can define the problem, but when you define the problem, we get afraid to face the problem. You will never conquer the monster if you never confront it or go after it. The monster will conquer you, and eventually what will happen, your thoughts will eventually become the control thing that will control you if you don't take control of them. Also this one, when you define, define, run to it instead of running from it. Confront it, confess it. See, this is the big one. Confess it. God, I have a situation in my life. Confession is good for the soul. How I many you know what I'm talking about, right? The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And you know, you confess your sins, he is faithful and just and purify you from all unrighteousness. There's something about confessing it. Once you identify it, you confess it. I admit that, God, I have the situation in my life. I have the stinking thinking going on. I confront it. I confess it. Confession is a way of releasing it. It's a way of letting it it go instead of letting it grow in your life. And also it says this, confess it and then leave it. Leave it. When you get done confronting it, confessing it, leave it. You know what I see a lot of times when people come to the altars, and please understand when I say this, a lot of times when people come to the altars, I love it, they cry and they give their heart to God and they lay all their burdens at, at the altars. And man, just like they do, it should be. The Bible says, cast all your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. But what happens many times with believers is what happens with believers that once they cast their sins or their faults or their, their things at, at the feet of Jesus, they get up from their casting their, their things to God, and when they start walking away, they feel naked. And they feel like, whoa, wait a minute, I'm exposed. And so a lot of times what happens with believers is we pick back up those things that we just let go of. And when Jesus says you got to cast it at his feet, cast it at his feet or cast it out there, and when you cast it out there, it's like out of sight, out of mind. I'm going to let it go. I'm not going to pick it up again. I'm going to leave it there. But so many times what happens, God wants you to cast it at his feet. But so many times because you feel naked or maybe that's how you only operate in drama or situations in your life, that you feel naked so you put it back on again. And Jesus wants you to leave it there at his feet so he can take care of it. If you remember last week, we talked about this. Remember, trace it, face it, erase it, and replace it. You got to replace that which you give over to God. Replace it with something better and greater. You got to replace it with the Word of God. Thy word have I hidden in thy heart that I might not sin against God. So, what you got to do is you got to replace what you give to God with God's Word. Thy word is a lamp unto thy feet and a light to my path. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against God. So, I got to replace that which I give to God with God's 
word. I got to fill back up my tank or my mind or my thoughts with God's word. Of what a man thinketh in his heart, so he will be. So you got to fill up your mind with the thoughts of God. So you got to replace it. In Romans chapter 12, Paul is talking here to the church in there. He's talking there to the church of Roman there. And he's saying that you got to take action. And I want you to see what God is he's saying there. He said, therefore, I urge you. In other words, he's saying, I inspire you, Mary. I challenge you. I encourage you to do these steps. And every time when I step in this pulpit, I tell you all the time, I want to challenge you, encourage you, and inspire you. I want to challenge you, encourage you, inspire you every time I see you. And here's Paul. He's imploring the church there in Romans. He's encouraging them to do what? I urge you. Brothers and sisters, just like right now, he's talking to the church. Aren't you brothers and sisters of like faith? Aren't you brothers and sisters of like faith in Christ? Aren't we the church? Aren't we the body? The body can't say to the hand that I don't need the hand and I don't need the eye. We are all the body. And that we are brothers and sisters of like faith to edify and to bring glory to God. That's what it's all about. So Paul is talking to the church. And he's talking to you. And he said, listen, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in a view of God's mercy. You ever think about that? God's mercy means God's love, understanding, compassion, knowledge of who you are. So whenever you come, God says, in God's mercy, God's understanding. So that's why we can say we can come boldly to Andy to the throne of grace to receive mercy and help in our time of need because God understands your predicament, your situation, and your life. So he says, in God's mercy, my understanding and your situation of life. But you have to come boldly. You have to come to receive and expect that I'm not going to hammer on you. I'm not going to condemn you. I'm not going to put you down. But I'm going to show you mercy and love and understanding when you do come. Have you ever gone to somebody? And you started pouring out your heart to someone. And when you poured out your heart to someone, what do they do? They begin to give you a tongue lashing. Ever had that happen before? They gave you a tongue lashing. And what happens when they gave you a tongue lashing? What did you do? You pulled away. You recluse. You were like that turtle that hid in the shell because you thought, man, I, I thought I can trust them and confide in them, put my, 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 give, get some, some advice from them. But that's not how God operates. When you come to God, he shows you mercy and he shows you understanding in your predicament. But then he goes on to say, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Wow. Why do I always say lift your hands? A sign of surrender. When you lift both, it gets the victory. When you surrender, you get the victory in God. So, God, I surrender my thoughts, my will, my ways to you. I give them to you. Isn't that exactly what Jesus did? Not my will be done, but your will be done. I surrender to you, God, all that I am and all that I will become. I give it to you. Then he goes on to say, there's a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Wow. You know, some time ago, I went to see my granddaughter play basketball. And I don't know about you, but, man, my buttons pop when I watch my grandkids play. When my kids were growing up, my buttons pop watching my boys. And, man, it was really cool. We'd be in the, the stands at, the, at Central High School. And, man, all of a sudden they would announce the starting lineup. At starting point guard, number 32, Chris C.J. Johnson. At starting power forward, number 33, Rick Johnson. All of a sudden it gets to... Now the cheerleaders for Central High School, Heidi Johnson. By the time you go, man, everybody's looking at me and Cheryl. You ever heard that commercial? Parents, do you know where your kids are? Yeah, they're right there. 
But you know what? There was something about it, man, when watching my kids play. And then we quick get home and we watch the news. And everything, what we did, this is how we made scholarships, Zach. So get this. Uh, uh, scholarships, how my kids got scholarships. What my wife did, we'd hurry up from the game, get home to watch the news. Then we retape it. And then from taping the news, what we'd do, we'd take all the highlights and the clips from our kids' basketball games. And they would show Rick and CJ playing together. Rick Johnson made his basket and CJ Johnson made the basket. So we put together a video or DVD and that's how we send it off to colleges. And we're like, yeah, that's my kid. <laughs> and you know what? They got full-ride scholarships. But that is what God is saying, holy and pleasing to God, that God said he inhabits, Stephanie, the praises of his people. And you know what happens with God? He gets excited when you praise him. He gets excited. Man, you want to get God happy? You praise him. You exalt him. You lift his name up. If he inhabits the praises of him, he, man, his ears, man, are like Mickey Mouse ears. Man, that's Pat. Pat Anderson is praising me. Pat Anderson is lifting up her hands. Man, that's Andy. Andy was singing to the, to the top of his lungs when I went over there, man. I couldn't even hear him talk because he was singing over me talking. He was praising over there. I was ready to pull on his beard like a ventriloquist. But, you know, the key is that God is pleased when we praise him. This is your true and proper worship. But watch this now. Watch this. This is so cool. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renewing of your mind. Transforming your stinking thinking. Letting go of the stinking thinking, the bad thoughts, the negative things, right? Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Now watch this, his good and pleasing and perfect will. How many want to be in the perfect will of God? Amen. I don't know about you, but God, I want to be in your will. But how we get in God's will is by listening to God's voice. And a lot of times we're listening to the wrong voices, and because we're listening to the wrong voices, we're making wrong choices. So if you have your notes, watch this. Offering your bodies as living sacrifices means body, mind, soul, and spirit. That, God, I'm decreasing that you may increase. John the Baptist. Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives within me. So what he's saying, Patty, I die to self. I die to my will, my thoughts, my ways. God, to take up your ways. I die to those so that, God, you can come alive in me. I empty out. God doesn't look for full. Remember this. God doesn't look for full. He looks for empty. That's why he looks for empty. He looks for those who are hungering and thirst for righteousness, Matthew 5, 6. Then you shall be full. So how can God fill you up if you're already full of yourself, your will, your pride, your thoughts, your ways? How can God fill you up? But if you empty yourself up and say, God, I'm going to make my life a living sacrifice for you, I'm going to die daily, it's 1 Corinthians 15, 31, I'm going to die daily so that, God, you can live in me daily. So you have to die so he can live, right? Now watch this. Your emotions control how you feel. How many know what I'm talking about? If you're happy, you're going to sing a happy song. If you're sad, you're going to sing the blues. Your emotions dictate how you feel. Man, some of you this morning, when you woke up, you probably said, I don't want to go to church. Man, I don't want to go here this morning. Forget it. I'm going to hear Pastor CJ, and he's a long-winded pastor, and he's going to keep me too long. Man, I don't want to. How many know what I'm talking about? Come on. We got one back there that's honest. Amen. I'll cut it short today. 
But you know, your emotions, they control, your emotions control how you feel. Your spirit and how you will worship. Your spirit and how you worship. If you're sad and down and discouraged, you're doing this. You're doing a halfway with God. Because your emotions, you don't feel like worshiping, so you only got your spiritual antennas maybe like this. But if you're happy and your emotions are high, you're sticking them up loud and proud. Your spiritual antennas. You see, you're dictated by how you feel, and it dictates your worship. I love this. Your mind controls where you go. Your life will follow your thoughts. And whatever you think upon, what a man thinketh in his heart, so he will be. So let me ask you a question. What are you thinking about? What is controlling you? What is dictating you? What is bringing you down and discouraging you? Sacrifice means dying to the flesh. Your worldly thoughts and ways. Dying to the flesh. Dying to those things that are opposite or contrary to the word of God. That's what the flesh is. Instead, start thinking, following, talking, and walking out his ways. That, God, I'm going to die to the flesh. I'm going to die to those carnal things of my mind, those carnal thoughts, and I'm going to take up the cross, and I'm going to follow you with my whole heart. I'm going to lay it down so that, God, you can become big in my life. You have to lay it down. God will only take what you give him. So, God, I'm going to give you my emotions, my thoughts. Lord, I'm going to lay it down at your feet that you can direct me, you can guide me, you can lead me every step of the way. I love this. In verse 2, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. You ever think about what is the pattern of this world? Think about that. And you notice this. The pattern of this world is cynical. Maybe you're cynical or critical, excuse me. Maybe you're critical. Everything around you, you're so critical. You're always critical, putting down, always negative, always critical. Maybe to your spouse or to your kids or your coworkers. Always critical, always negative. We're doomed. We're never going to make it. You're like that guy in the show on the Seven Dwarfs. We're doomed. We're never going to make it. Everything in life around you is doom and gloom, and you're so critical. And another one is cynical, very cynical about what people do or think and say. You're always very cynical, always putting them down, always maybe using them for your jokes or making you look good to them and all the, putting them down and doing that kind of stuff. That's the pattern of this world. Another one is negative. Negative, always negative. You know what negativity does? It drains you. You know it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile? It takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. And if you're always walking around negative, grumpy, mad, and sad, guess what it's doing? It drains your energy and also torments your mind. And so a lot of times you wonder why you're depleted and you wonder why you feel lifeless and you feel energyless, that you don't have any energy. Maybe it's because you're always running on negativity instead of on positivity. You're always thinking about the negative, waiting for the shoe to fall. Man, this, that, and the other thing. Another negative. Another one is condescending. Do you ever get around people who are always condescending? Always using you for the jokes. Always using you for jokes. Always maybe making you the front of their jokes or whatever else. Condescending. Another one is this. Revengeful. You get me, I'm going to get you back. Those are patterns of the world that I'm going to get revengeful. I'm going to get you back. The Bible says they strike you on one cheek, let turn the other, and let them strike you on the other. And so a lot of times what we do is we want to get revengeful. We got, another one is this, judgmental. Man, that's the pattern of this world. We're always judging the book by its cover instead of reading its contents. 
And we're always judging the book by the cover instead of what's inside the book. And we judge. We're so judgmental. I've seen so many times when I was youth pastor that kids would judge one another, that kids ended up being what those people judged them to be because they would follow their peers. They told me I was this, so I ended up being that. And we're so judgmental and we put down and we judge by looking at the cover instead of reading the contents of someone's heart. And if you're walking in that way, that's the way of the flesh, always judging, always pointing fingers, always being negative, always doing. That's the pattern of this world. Judge not unless you be judged. My mom said when you point a finger at somebody, ten fingers are going to come back at you. And you wonder why maybe you're in the judgment seat of people looking at you and judging you. Maybe it's because you're leading the charge. Maybe you're always judging. Maybe you're out front leading the charge saying this person, that person, man, they do this and they do that. That's what judging is. And the question is, are you judging correctly? Another one is this, judging and then spiteful. Always wanting to get ahead and not even. Man, I'm a, they did this to me. I'm going to get ahead. I'm going to spite them. I'm going to show them who's boss. I'm going to show them. That's the pattern of this world. Those actions always start, get this, they always start with a thought. You see, when you started judging someone, a thought came to your mind. Man, that Matt guy started with a thought. And then you allow that thought to grow, and then that thought goes from a commercial to a movie. And all of a sudden, you write a script on maybe a thought that started out from a seed. You see, the pattern of this world starts with a thought that leads to destruction. Now, you got to get this. That leads to destruction, defeat, pain, separation from God, and man. Wow. See what it does? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. What does that do? It leads to destruction, pain, and what? Death, right? But here's the key. Separation from God and from man. You see, when you're always walking in negativity and your mind is fixed on all the negative things, you know what that does? It drowns out the voice of God. And you wonder why you can't hear God because you know what? Maybe you got wrong things going in your ears that going in your mind that's getting into your heart and out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth speaking. you got to filter what goes into your ears, into your mind, and into your heart. And so what happens is if you are always walking in that situation or that realm of your life, what that's going to do is push you away from God. And you're going to think God left you, but God said, I'm the same God yesterday, today, and forever. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So the one that leaves is you. And you leave God because you're listening to the wrong voices. And wrong voices make wrong choices. And you're walking away from the truth. But then, separation from man. How many ever had this? Why does she or he don't want to be around me? Why don't they want to be around me? What's wrong with me? Maybe you're spooling poison. Maybe the things that are coming out of your mouth, man, that is always constantly negative. You know what? I, I always have clean ears, and not because I use Q-tips, but I have clean ears. You know why? Because, man, when I'm on the phone, guess what? A lot of times the pastor's here. Thank you. You're melting all my wax. I don't have to clean my ears. And you know what happens a lot of times? Is that if you are always being negative and spooling poison, what you're doing is you're pushing people away from you. You're repelling them. Man, the people that you're talking to, man, let me tell you, they have problems too. 
And sometimes what happens is if we're always complaining and always negative, what, guess what we're doing? We're adding more problems to their situation. And so they're going to avoid you like the plague because, man, every time I get around him or her, man, they're whoop, there it is. Whoop, there it is. Man, right? And so you want to run away instead of run to them. We don't need that in our lives. It separates us from God. What thoughts do you need to change that bring pain and separation in your life? Only the man knows his heart himself. And what thoughts do you need to change in your life that are bringing separation between you and God and man? You need to change those. That is confronting it. That is identifying it. Then not only identifying and confronting it, but then doing something about it. Be a lumberjack and say, timber, it's going down. You got to confront it. In Romans chapter 8, if you want to do a great study or a great book to read, it's chapter 8 in Romans. I call it the great 8. I love Romans 8. If you want to do a devotional time, read Romans 8. But in Romans 8, chapter 5, chapter 8, verse 5, it says these words. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. According to the flesh. I die daily. That's dying to the flesh. Not my will be done, but your will be done. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Your ways are higher than my ways. It's taking up your ways. It's your thoughts, God, not my way. That's dying to the flesh. It says this, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds, have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. What does the Spirit desire? The Spirit desires love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness in your life. What you focus on is what you're going to become. What you feed is what's going to grow. And so you got to what ask yourself, what am I focusing on? What do I need to change? What do I need to rearrange in my life that's bringing destruction to me that I need to let go of? And then it goes on to say in verse 6, the mind governed by the flesh. Now get this, the mind governed by the flesh is death. Wow. It's death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. What does the Bible says? The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, right? The Bible says in John 10, 10, for I come to, the devil comes to kill, rob, and destroy. That's what the devil's mission is in John 10, 10, to kill, rob, and destroy. But Jesus said, I come to give you life and life more abundantly. So what has happened? The mind governed by the flesh brings death. Death to your relationship, sensitivity, and feeling with God. It brings death there. It brings death from hearing God's voice. It brings death to hear hearing the sensitivity of God and having those goosebumps that some people talk about. It brings death to that. But life brings you in connection with God, that, God, you come to give me life and life more abundantly. Then it goes on to say, watch this. I love this. You have your notes. It says, ask yourself, when faced with a thought, is it bringing death or life or death to your spirit? Ask yourself, is it bringing life or death to my spirit? So you say, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Death brings sorrow, discouragement, and defeat. That's death. Death will bring sorrow, discouragement, and defeat to your life. It'll make you feel like you want to stay in bed 24-7, never get out of bed. Man, I'm a loser. I'm no good. I'm not going to accomplish anything. Man, nobody loves me. Nobody cares for me. That's what death does. It brings discouragement. The opposite of discouragement is courage. And God said, I want you to have the Joshua spirit. He's a man after my own heart. He has courage to believe for bigger things. But that's what death does. It will discourage you, Becky, to a point that, man, you feel paralyzed in your life, that you want to throw in the towel and give up. That's what death does. It brings defeat that I'll never make it. I'm doomed. I'm going under. But here's life. 
life brings excitement, anticipation, and peace. When you have life, guess what? Man, it's like that plant that's eventually coming out of the ground. And the moment you see it, you get excited as a farmer. Man, that's going to produce a crop for me. And that crop's going to produce wealth for me. That I'm going to be able to sow seed to other people and help out the church or whatever. But you're anticipating something great. But you know what happened with many Christians? They get fogged over in their anticipation and their excitement with God because they're listening to wrong voices and they're listening to things that are sucking out the life, that are sucking out the anticipation and the expectancy in your life. But life brings excitement. Something good is about to happen. I said in the first service that, man, when I was pastor in, in Colorado, we had Rodney Howard Brown come to our church. And uh, when they came to our church, man, they did the song, I got a feeling something good is about to happen, yeah. And they were playing the organ, Pastor Andy, do, 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 do. I got a feeling. And before you know it, man, we had a bunch of kangaroos at our church. Do, 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 do. They, they were a lot of Jeff Jorgensen's, man. I love it, Jeff. Don't stop that, man. Don't stop that. It gets me going. If you can't get excited, your wood's wet, right? But, man, it was anticipation. Let me ask you, where's your anticipation? Where's your, Rose, what you expect? You see, you have not, Bob, because you ask not. What are you expecting? Are you giving up on things in life because you expected something to happen before, so you closed the book to expecting something to happen now? But a life gives expectancy. I love this. A cloudy mind brings storms to life. When Elijah said to the little boy, go and look in the east and see if there's a cloud because there was a famine in the land. There was no rain. He said, go and look. He went back, what did he say, seven times. On the seventh time he came back and said, yeah, I see a fist the size of a man's hand. Something that small, man, turned into a tornado, a tornado turned into a torrential rain. Something small, and it's the same way. Man, what happens, what you think upon will grow. What you give feed to, it will take control of your mind and eventually bring storm clouds in your life. And you're wondering why you're butting up against this wall and that wall. Maybe because you're in a storm, and the storm is what you're thinking of. In Ephesians, Isaiah, go ahead, Pastor Andrew. Isaiah 26. I know time's getting away. Isaiah 26. Look at what he says here. you got to see this. You, God, will keep in perfect peace, in perfect peace. Now watch this. Those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in me. I shared this in the first service. Jehoshaphat, when he was outnumbered by all the Amalekites, Jezebelites, and the Moabites, he was in a predicament in his life just like maybe some of you or a predicament in your life. And Jehoshaphat was in this predicament. He was outnumbered by all the armies. And he felt like he was going under. Maybe like some of you are going through in your life right now. But you know what Jehoshaphat did? He didn't throw in the towel. He didn't quit. Didn't give up. He said, God, I don't know what to do. You ever felt that in your life? Maybe you're feeling that right now. I don't know what to do. But you know what Jehoshaphat did? He said, God, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to fix my eyes on you. Jehoshaphat was steadfast in the midst of his battle. 
He didn't throw in the towel. He didn't give up, even though it hurt, even though he didn't understand, even though he didn't have the big picture like we like to have, like control freaks. The control freak people, like they have to be in control. They have to understand the whole outcome before the beginning and the end, before they jump in. That's not how God works. Faith is a substance of things unseen, but things hoped for. God, I don't know what to do. I don't understand, but God, I'm going to fix my eyes on you, the author and the perfecter of my faith. I'm not going under. I'm going up because God greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And God, you are in me and you're therefore God because you are in me. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus our Lord. And I'm going to win this battle of my mind because I'm fixed on you. I'm steadfast. I'm not letting go. You see, I love this. The sun comes. I have to move on, so go ahead, Don. The sun comes out in the right mind. You notice it's not the S-U-N, it's S-O-N. comes out of the right mind. That's when you hear the sun. That's when you hear his voice, when you have a right mind, when your ears are tuned to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. The rain falls and lightning strikes in the mind of confusion and doubt. Why do you think God said he didn't give you a, a spirit of confusion but a God of peace? I love this. You dispel your negative thoughts by trusting and keeping your mind on him. Trusting in him keeps your mind and thoughts in check with God and his word. Hey, this thought doesn't come from God, doesn't line up for the word. Your word, God's word, is the measuring stick between truth and lies. You line up your word, you line up your thoughts by according to God's word. Not of your own mentality, your own thoughts. Line it up. Is this what God's saying about me? This ain't true. God doesn't say this about me. So discard it. You, you are perfect in peace because you are not moved by all the noise in your mind. That's how you have perfect peace. If you traced every rabbit hole, chased after every little thought, every little thing, guess what? You'd be crazy. Man, you'd be like, man, over here, over there, I just know the still, small voice of God. Where you lead me, God, I will follow. I will hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Not to all this noise that's going on in my mind. You see, Romans 12, verse 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You are changed and transformed by what you think, say, and do. You cannot change your course in life if you do not change the way you think. A scrambled mind leads to a scrambled life. Romans 12, verse 2. You don't have to put that up there, Don, but go to just right to the... When your mind is right... You will be able to test and approve the good and the bad thoughts. Right thinking leads to right living. Watch this. Right living leads to life giving. When your mind is right, guess what? You're going to be able to jump in there. You're going to want to be around people. You're not going to want to be inclusive. You don't want to pull away. But you're going to have life giving because you're going to have confidence because you're going to know who you are in Christ. You're on the right thoughts. Right thinking sets you up for a happy life. A grateful heart and a peaceful mind. A grateful heart. Learning to be appreciated for what you do have. I'm going to blow through these. Right mind, right perfect life, perfect will. Notice I started with these with you. You are someone special. You need to understand that there's only one of you. You are tailor-made. There's only one of you. You are someone special. Number two, you can do it. In the Word of God, there is no can't. 
It's all can. I can do all things through Christ. You are loved and appreciated. You are loved and appreciated. I shared the story in this, but I don't have time with my, my dad. My dad never told me how much he loved me or appreciated me. But when I met Jesus, my Abba Father, I, I felt the love and appreciation from my Abba Father. You are wonderfully made. You are wonderfully made. Another one is this. You are great in God's eyes. You're great. Not Tony the Tiger, Sugar Frosted Flakes. You're great. No, you're great with God. Lastly, you can win. You can win with Christ. You can. Just don't give up. Keep looking up. I always say I want to be stuck up for God. I'm going to keep looking up. I'm going to keep looking up with Jesus. Keep looking up and don't give up. Will you stand with me this morning? I'm going to ask the altar workers if they'd step out. If you need prayer this morning, these people are here today to pray with you. I know we prayed for many of you already this morning. But maybe you're having a struggle internally in your mind, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions. And maybe you just need prayer this morning. And you say, Pastor, I, I just need some of these people to lift me up in prayer. I, I, I don't want to leave the same way I came. I want to be changed. And you're only changed by confessing it, admitting it, and confronting it. So maybe this morning you need prayer. I'll tell you this morning we had so many people that came forward that needed prayer. And they were honest. They were just confronting it. And, you know, I got to talk to one out there in the foyer afterwards after they got done praying. Man, they said, Pastor, my mind, the, cloud, the cloudiness of my mind, I feel so much better. I feel a peace because I let go of the trash. And so maybe you came in with a bunch of trash and you need to let it go. But this is where you lay it. Jesus doesn't man, matter if you lay his, your, your trash at his feet. He wants you to give him your best. Just let it go. So if you need prayer this morning, I want you to step out and just step up on any of these people. Come on. If you need prayer, then we're going to close this. If you need prayer, Pastor, I need prayer. I need prayer with my mind, my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions. If you just need prayer, just step out. Just be honest with God. Come on. God wants to just meet you right where you're at this morning. Anyone else to say, Pastor, I need prayer. I need prayer, Pastor. Anyone else? Come on. Yes. Come on. Anyone else? Say, Pastor, I'm going to count to three. Don't miss this call. We're not here to embarrass you or shame you. We're here to help you. That's what this is all about. This is a soul-filling station. This is where God meets you at. We come to celebrate the resurrected Savior who's living and active, who lives within us, who likes to change our lives. And what you give him, he can change. Anyone else this morning? One. You say, Pastor, I need prayer. Anyone else? Two. Anyone else? You say, yeah, here they come. Keep coming. Still coming. Still coming. Anyone else? Say, Pastor, I need prayer. Two. Anyone else? Three. Still coming. Come on. Father, I thank you for today. Transform us by the renewing of our minds, Lord, I pray. Lord, I pray that we will replace our stinking thinking with the Word of God and the truth of the Word that sets us free. Lord, I pray for those that are struggling internally with thoughts, Lord God, that keep them awake at night and torment them and these things that happen to their mind internally. I've come against that in Jesus' name. Devil, you steal no more. You're going to repay as the locusts, Lord God, have stolen. You're repay the years the locusts have stolen, Joel 2, that you're going to restore, God. 
And I believe that in Jesus' name. I speak over every individual that's come forward here right now. And Father, maybe for those that didn't even come forward, that need a change in their thought process, in their words, in their actions, that they just need a change, an overhaul, that God, you do that for them. Bless this wonderful congregation. I thank you, Father, for them. Bless them in their going in and their going out. Whatever they put their hands to doing, it will prosper. We thank you, Father. And we ask now you go with us in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you this morning. If you need prayer, there's still people down here to pray with you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's message. If this message has encouraged you in any way, please consider giving to Adventure Church to help continue this ministry. Giving is safe and easy through our website at www.adventurechurchsiren.com. Thank you for your generous support.